are listening to the Insightful Nutrition Podcast, the podcast that highlights creators and innovators of algae-friendly and alternative products, businesses, and services, sharing their entrepreneurial journey. I am your host, Nicole Farkasin. Let's get the show rolling. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the first official episode of the Insight for Nutrition podcast. Now, if you're a new subscriber or you're just tuning into listening to your first episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, today, I'm accompanied by our guest, Elizabeth Ray Frank, the owner of Raise the Valley. Raise the Valley is a company that provides flatbreads and pizza crusts that are low-carb, gluten-free with the three base ingredients, almond flour, psyllium husk, and flaxseed. Now, I'm very inspired by her risk-taking entrepreneurial spirit, even though she has been through a lot of circumstances throughout her childhood. Now, I will not give you a sneak peek of her story, so I'm going to let the journey speak for itself. But before we get into the conversation... I'd like to inform you that the Insightful Nutrition Podcast is on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also tag the Insightful Nutrition Podcast if you're listening to an episode and share your favorite moment from the episode. You can follow this podcast anytime, anywhere on your podcast player. If you're trying to share the podcast with your friend, neighbor, and family members, it is found on any podcast player on Android and on your iPhones. So, without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Elizabeth Ray Frank. I was going on your website and I read the story about the company and how it started and I thought you were working with another company to start your own company I I thought it was really touching because up to the point that you were 19 I did not know you didn't know that you had celiac disease I mean whenever I was 19 years old it celiac disease wasn't a thing gluten sensitivity Mm -hmm. gluten intolerance like that wasn't a thing when I was Mm -hmm. in high school or middle school so when I was sick and, and having the symptoms of celiac disease mm-hmm. that are pretty common now, okay. no one knew what was going on when I was when I was young. So you you never heard of a dietitian when you had the sickness before? Um, I went to dietitians. Uh, I when I was when I was in school, I was bouncing from MD to dietitians to to this specialist to that specialist, and no one could figure out what was going on. It was actually a uh, friend of mine who went to a chiropractor, yeah. and the chiropractor suggested he um, get tested for celiac disease. He was talking to me. And my symptoms were very similar to hers. And then she's like, you might have celiac disease as well. And so then I went to an MD and I told the MD to test me for celiac disease. And they were kind of hesitant at first because there's a woman who's coming in, like a child coming in saying, hey, I think I have this disease. Test me for it. They don't really want to do it. And they're like, wait, you didn't even talk to me yet. Yeah. So then I got tested, and then turns out, you know, I had the celiac gene, and my antibodies were really high, and I didn't go through the biopsy though, because the oh, biopsy is. Uh, so you you had a tough tough childhood, but you managed to pull through. You managed to control it, and once you found out, you really triumphed over that. Once you knew was, about it. Yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, really. I mean. Yeah. I mean, for yeah, because I went from diet to diet to diet because I knew I knew that something was wrong because I had depression ever since I was in middle school and I knew I had depression and anxiety. I had severe abdominal pain. Um, my bones were really brittle. I always I constantly had broken bones and I, I couldn't sleep. I had sleep apnea. I would stop breathing uh, when I was sleeping and I I knew that I could that I could fix it through nutrition. 
but I didn't yeah. know I didn't know anything about nutrition. You know, here I was, I was just in middle school, so I didn't know anything. So I went um, actually whenever I was in high school, I went vegan for about three years, yeah. and I got worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it could, because like the mainstream media was talking up about how vegan diet plant-based raw vegan diet was the diet to be on and Mm -hmm. I was like well I'm gonna do it like Mm -hmm. I'm sick I feel awful I'm depressed my stomach hurts like I have all of these different symptoms Mm um I'm gonna go vegan so I went vegan and I started feeling a little bit better three months into a vegan diet but that was because I cut out wheat. Time went on. Um, I got worse. I got well. Um, I was low in iron. Um, when I was in high school, I got my blood tested, and I was low. Uh, and then I went uh, paleo. And when I was in high school, paleo was kind of a new diet. So then I transitioned to paleo. I didn't get any better after that. Uh, and then I was I went into college in my college years, I, and I was majoring in dietetics. So I was in my mm-hmm. I was in like my second year, second or third year of dietetics school. So I was majoring in nutrition, and I never heard of the ketogenic diet before, low carb, high fat right. diet. Mm-hmm. And then three months on a low carb, high fat diet, I started to feel better. And actually, I had, so I was, I was 22 years old at this time, and I had the first menstrual cycle ever, and I was at um, risk for uterine cancer. I've never heard of somebody saying that they first saw their period at 22 years old. 22 years old. Yeah. Now, how did you come up with the product? Was it because of your illness? It was. Uh, yeah. So whenever I, I was introduced to the diet by my boyfriend at the time, um, I was I always had a love for the kitchen. Um, I grew up with a mom who was a stay-at-home mom, and she always cooked meals for us every single day. Um, so I grew up kind of helping her. We had a garden and an orchard. I grew up in the country, rural country. So we had our own garden and. Every every and it was a Catholic, rural Catholic mm-hmm. <laughs> country. Okay. Uh, I kind of had this uh, fondness for creating and cooking my own recipes as well um, okay. because of her. And whenever I went keto, I was just eating meat and vegetables, and that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I really, I I was a bread addict, so I loved stuff, and I loved my toast in the morning. And I wanted that back. So I just took to the kitchen and I just experimented with, I just bought, I went on Pinterest and I was just looking at different recipes. And then I, I kind of combined a bunch of recipes together to form a ketogenic style bread. And it took me, a, it took me about like two years to get what the product is now. Okay. Uh, playing around in the kitchen, and that's kind of how I created my my bread. So I first started with making dinner rolls, and I made that. And I made it was during Thanksgiving, and I made like turkey sandwiches with the low carb dinner rolls. Yeah. And then my boyfriend at the time, you know, he was just like, "Wow, this seriously is low carb." I was like, "Yeah, it is." Mm-hmm. It's made of almond flour, flax meal, and psyllium husk. And it's mm-hmm. pretty much it in water. And mm-hmm. uh, after that, he was like, you could you could sell this. Yes. I could, couldn't I? Yes, yes. So I started selling at the local farmer's market. So I sold to the local farmer's market for a few months mm-hmm. and then decided to start it up online. So I got a square Squarespace yeah. account and started a website and my products mm-hmm. that I sent out were god awful. Oh my! Like I had a, I had a big problem with with molding. Okay. So my, so my first product, my first batch of products that I sent out were horrible. Even say it honestly. So they were they were, they molded. They weren't they they just didn't 
form correctly, like just with shipping wise. So it, it took me quite a while to get the shipping down. And then I kind of just transitioned into instead of dinner rolls because the moisture level was so high. Uh, so that didn't work for shipping wise. Uh, if they were frozen and I could ship frozen, that would be awesome. But shipping is, oh, so expensive. Uh, and I couldn't ship and dry ice or anything like that. So I had to discontinue that. And that's why I went to the flatbread, okay. which is, I mean, that's what I kind of have right now. That's what I'm doing now are flatbreads. So then I just kind of changed it up to flatbreads and pizza crust. So basically you change from something that had a lot of high water content to something that has less water content. Yeah, it, it was easier. It was easier to ship. Right, it was easier yeah. to store and it was easier to ship. Play around when you first start mm -hmm. a company. I mean, the first the first product that you send out, mm -hmm. it's gonna be pretty shitty. <laughs> and then you just you build on your mistakes and you learn from them, and then right. years later it just gets better and better and better. And I'm in my second year now in in uh running raise the valley but my my first original name was cynthia ann bakery cynthia and bakery. And why did you change it from cynthia ann's bakery to raise the life uh well so I, named the company after, I named the company after my mom her um but then it just kind of got a little sad because i named it my mom passed away from breast when i was oh. my, my freshman year of college Okay. And uh, I kind of named the, the company after her in her memory. She's the one who, who introduced me to a healthier lifestyle. Because when she got cancer, she started studying alternative medicine. And she went the traditional way. She, she did the chemotherapy and the radiation, but she was also looking into traditional medicine. And, and uh, that's kind of what got me interested in it. And I named it after her in her memory. But then it just, I don't know, it was it was just kind of a sad, sad name, I guess, for me. Um, just kind of a constant reminder. And then uh, also had the word bakery in it. And people kept messaging me and asking for cakes and cookies. And I was like, I'm not really a bakery. A food production company. It's on flatbread. So I, I rebranded to Raise the Valley. Uh, I want to rebrand again. I keep wanting really? to rebrand. Really? Because yeah. I thought the Valley was more... You, you, like know, you just stop right there. <laughs> I thought you would just stop right there and raise the Valley. Because I understand that you named the company after your mother. You want to remember her because she introduced you to the lifestyle that changed your life and everything. Well, if it's okay for you to rebrand, you can rebrand. A little bit more perkier, a little bit more happier. Um, yeah. Right. So I, my my name is Rachel Elizabeth Ray, and I I usually Frank. So I usually go with just Ray. People just call Ray. me. So that's kind of, I kind of did it on a, like a play on words, you know, Ray, raised the valley, raised mm -hmm. the valley. So mm -hmm. like, I thought of it. <laughs> I thought it was good. But I think I might stick with it for now. I mean, we already have the packaging and everything. Right. Everybody's kind of getting accustomed to raise the valley now. So. I keep wanting to change everything. I just need to keep it the same. But. Yeah. Now, after you came up with the name of the product, did you have any business plan, a strategy to get the word about the product? How did you introduce the actual product to the people? I didn't have a plan at all. <laughs> I didn't start forming a, a business plan until 2019, middle of 2019. <laughs> I was, I was just, I started it out just testing it, just seeing if it was working. Um, but really my, my main focus was trying to get myself healthy. Um, because I, I actually, I dropped out of college because I was so severely ill. And then, like, my main career was literally just trying to get me healthy. So I was just Uber driving. I was airbnb out my house, still am. And I was working as a waitress while I was forming this company. 
and I didn't have any experience. I didn't have any role models. I didn't have uh, any knowledge whatsoever starting a company. I just did it. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about the work that it takes. I didn't even think about the steps. I didn't sit down and write a business plan. Mm -hmm. um, I just literally thought, hey, I got a pretty good freaking product. I'm going to sell it, see if other people might like yeah. it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Um, yeah, I didn't, I, didn't start any, I didn't start a business plan until this year. <laughs> until, yeah, this year. Um, then I just started to sit down and thought, all right, this is actually a company. I'm actually running a company that's making a profit. I should probably sit down and get cracking. <laughs> so, uh, I got to the point where I was healthy enough to where now I'm I'm running it as a company and not so much as kind of just a testing product, I, I suppose. Did, did you go through any manufacturing process with the product? Nope. No, not at all. Manufacturing, I did every so for the first year, I was just cooking my product in my own kitchen. So I live in Missouri, and in Missouri, we are, um, I followed the rules and guidelines of what's called the cottage law. So the cottage law, and this is the rules for like the health department, you can bake and manufacture and cook and, and sell to the direct individual. Um, without being certified by the health department. So you can do this in your own home. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Scary, right? When you think mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, it's really scary. Because you know <laughs> some people that to regulate what you're doing and then test to see if it's there's, um, there's healthy. No and everything like that. Yeah, so I, I just cooked it. I was just baking out of my own kitchen out of my own standard oven. I was just filling orders and baking and packaging out of my own home. I I sold my couch and I sold my table. I sold everything in my house. And then I just turned my living room and my kitchen into like a little factory. And then after I started to get more sales and ramping it up, and I thought, whoa, this product's becoming really popular. People want this. I then converted my garage into a kitchen. Mm -hmm. so I have like an industrial oven. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I bought a bunch of stainless steel tables. I was given a bunch of stainless steel tables, I should say. I didn't buy anything hardly. And then now, uh, then I started producing products in my garage, still following the guidelines of the health department through the law, the cottage law. But then now um, I'm getting to the point where um, I'm actually building a facility. So I'm building a manufacturing, I wouldn't say a plant, but just a manufacturing facility. No one pays attention to you. <laughs> I've never heard of someone selling their own furniture to start a business. I've oh, never yeah. heard of someone like that in well, my life. Of, you can kind of, well, I wanted to get disciplined. So, yeah. I, I mean, this time, this was just last year, uh, in 2018, uh, that's when I decided, I was like, I'm going to, I want to make this company work. Like, I'm going to get yeah. this print and I'm going to become mm -hmm. a freaking entrepreneur. Let's yeah. do this. Mm -hmm. So, I sold all of my furniture. Uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want a couch because I didn't want to sit. And then <laughs> I had to space for tables. Yeah. So, I sold, like, you could kind of um, I've got a coffee table. Well, I made that actually, but it's just it just has a coffee Keurig yeah. on it. It's got my tea and my coffee. Yeah. On it. That's the only thing that's in my house. There's mm -hmm. nothing else in my house except for one table with a coffee maker. That's I mean I wanted to get disciplined, and I didn't. I decided you know okay I'm not gonna have a life for a little while. A good probably three years. I'm gonna live the bare minimum life. Um, People on Instagram, people kind of always laugh about this, but uh, I wear all of my clothes, almost all of them, uh, and I just wear the same thing over and over again. 
uh, it prevents option paralysis. So I'm only focused on my company. I'm only focused on, on building my brand. So I just literally have like this. It's just a like a white beater. It's just a white tank top. We Jamaicans call that marina. Oh, you call it marina? Yes. Just a plain white tank top? Marina? <laughs> yeah, we call that marina. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I've got like 50 of them. <laughs> they were like $3 at Walmart. Uh, so I, I just bought a bunch of those and then I just have two pairs of jeans and <laughs> even all of my underwear is exactly the same. <laughs> like everything is the same. I wear the exact same thing, but different clothing every single day to prevent option paralysis. And I just, I'm zeroing in into the company. So no furniture, you wear the same clothes. Um, I eat the same food over and over again. So I don't have to think about dinner. I just eat one ribeye a day. One ribeye, wow. What motivated you to make the big move to go ahead in the entrepreneurship venture? Probably the fact that I don't want to be normal. I mean, I don't I don't want to be mediocre. Mediocre, like, I feel like most people, and I'm kind of talking about my friends here, love them to death, but... You know, there's this system, you know, you, you, you go to college, you get your degree, you go into the workforce, you're in massive amount of debt, then you buy a car, then you become even more in debt. So you have your car debt, you have your, your student loan debt, then you get married, then you usually get your wedding debt. Uh, then you buy a house, then you get your, you have your house debt. And I just kind of followed the pattern and I was, I was just looking at it and observing it. And I just thought, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a woman who's in debt. I don't want to be a woman who's working for someone. And at this time I was kind of studying just self-studying and and learning about the Federal Reserve and I was learning about the banking system and then I thought I'm going to beat the system I don't want to just be a statistic and I think that was probably one of the big reasons why I decided to go into business myself too I mean there's multiple reasons why um I mean one reason was I I wanted to share the fact that you can cure yourself or manage a disease. So I did something pretty freaking incredible. I mean, I I was extremely ill and I overcame that illness um, through nutrition. And I mean, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start this company is I wanted to share my story and share that you can overcome lupus you can overcome celiac disease you can manage these symptoms um diabetes Uh, i have insulin resistant so it's very very similar to to a diabetic um so i I, it's kind of multiple reasons why i started to go into the entrepreneurship because you're a living testament of that entrepreneurship venture it's not just one company can help everybody it has to be segmented and you know divided into different niches so you're a big testament to that story thank you thank you that's a it's a it's a journey i'll tell you it's It's hard it's not for the faint of heart i will tell yeah. you that you, know, you you have to put your life on hold you can't you know i can't i'm not dating you can't date and try to run a company uh you can't you don't you don't have a social life but yes sacrifices is probably the number one thing of being an entrepreneur yeah i mean you have to you have to give up a lot and i was kind of i was ready to give it give it up i mean i was i i wanted to make a change did you do any courses or any training sessions to ensure that the product is of high quality? I listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, I read a lot of articles. And, and I mean, this was before I even started my product. I was, because I was so ill and I was trying to figure out how to cure myself or how to manage my disease myself. 
without mm -hmm. going the medical route because um, MDs, um, I'm really bashing on the MDs here, but they they kept on prescribing for my celiac disease and that wasn't going to cure anything or not cure it, manage it. Um, so I took to the internet. So I started listening to Rhonda Patrick. Um, I was uh, a big listener. I always listened to Joe Rogan's podcasts. So I always listened to the guests that he had on there. Matthew Walker was one of the guests too. He's like one of, uh, a sleep specialist. Uh, and I just, I just listened to a lot of different scientists and specialists and doctors on social media. And that's how I, I kind of was informed about the ketogenic diet. That's how I learned about a low carb lifestyle. Um, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I thought like, okay, well, this product is going to be pretty goddamn healthy for you then. You know, it doesn't have any, any wheat in it. It's not going <laughs> to, it doesn't have sugar. It's just simple, clean ingredients, no preservatives, no dextrose, none of these words you can't pronounce. Um, and that's kind of how I, I realized, you know, the comp that my product was going to be healthy. It's just simple, clean ingredients. And just things that I've, I've learned through podcasts, through listening to people like Dr. Rhonda Patrick. But no courses, no studies. I never, I mean, I went, I was in school to become a dietitian and mm -hmm. they didn't teach you anything in school. My mm -hmm. three years of majoring in dietetics, worthless. Well, I will. We well, I did dietetics as well, and I had to, well, we, we were taught about celiac disease at school, so I'm very surprised that you mentioned that they didn't really teach much at school when you were doing dietetics. They didn't. I mean, I went to a, an okay school. I mean, it was a good four-year university, um, and they had one of the top dietetics program in my state. Uh, but they were teaching studies from like the 1990s. Huh? I, the studies that they were they were teaching and mm -hmm. and the pro and like the course schedule and stuff they were they were going through. Um, mm -hmm. I could disprove almost everything that they were teaching by just going on Google, going to like dailyscience.com or something like that, pulling up the most recent studies. And I did that a few times in classes. I was, I was, I was a horrible, well, I guess I was a horrible student. So I would usually always argue with my professors. I'm like, wait a minute, this has been disproven just like six months ago <laughs> and so i was like oh, the most recent study on my on my phone i'm like yes this is just this is just proven like fat is not going to cause cholesterol like eating a steak a day is not going to cause a heart attack and they always got mad at me they yelled at me and they flunked me <laughs> i'm not reading wait you are you were so way ahead of the instructor. You were so way ahead. You did your research. You read. You you did a lot to prove. <laughs> I wish I was yeah, like you. Know. College, man. <laughs> I don't think college <laughs> material. Did did college push you to be an an entrepreneur though? No, college not, not Honestly. I learned the most about becoming an entrepreneur and, and I learned the most about finances whenever I dropped out of college. So my junior year was when I dropped out of college and I studied on my own. I just, I just hit the podcast. I listened to like a podcast a day. Um, I started reading books like um, The Creature of Jekyll Island. I started, which is about the Federal Reserve. I just started. Re I just started reading books and studying on my own, and that's really how I learned. And same with with nutrition. I just started listening to podcasts, listening to scientists um, talk about the latest studies, 
and I followed what they would say. I mean, see, I started learning about biohacking about four or five years ago, maybe. And then I started biohacking. Everything that I would learn, I would implement immediately into my life. And then I saw the changes and I saw the effects and I was like, all right, this is it. That's kind of hands-on learning, I suppose. And that's how I, that's how I learned. But a college environment was not good for me. I didn't learn that way. It did nothing for, I learned absolutely nothing in college. You were too good for college. You were way <laughs> beyond your years. I was, I was a little smart aleck, I think. <laughs> Now, after you promoted the product, how long did it take for you to make a profit? Mm, I don't know, because when I first started to promote it, I wasn't really gun-ho promoting it. Um, mm. It was kind of, I, it acted, I kind of acted like it was just a little hobby, really. But I would say maybe the beginning of 2019, the end of 2018 is when the company started to get a little bit more popular. And that was just through Instagram. Um, I still only market on Instagram to this day. Like it's just on Instagram and that's it. <laughs> and I really, all I did was I sent some samples to influencers. Mm -hmm. and I was just very honest and open with them. And I just said, Hey, this is a new company. Like it's just me. Uh, I don't have any money. Uh, I just would want to send you samples. I would like to see what you think of the product and go from there. Right? You know, if you like it, promote it. If you don't, you can say you don't like it or you can just throw it away. And that's when it kind of started to strike big because people started, the influencers would like it and then they about it and make different meals and then it just kind of trickled on word of mouth uh and then i got thomas delauer interested in my product uh i don't know if you're familiar with thomas delauer or not but he's a big keto influencer celebrity fitness trainer he really likes my product and then uh, he promoted it that was the guy on the youtube video yeah, yeah, it was a YouTube video. How would you describe the finances in running the business from the start until now? Oh, uh, you're going to be broke and broke and broke. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be broke for a long time. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I sold everything in my home. Uh, I have absolutely nothing. I sold everything. All the money that I, I sold, I put right back into the company for marketing or buying bulk products. You know, I started this company where I didn't find investors. I didn't get, I didn't take out a loan. Uh, I literally just self-funding the company through Uber driving. <laughs> yeah. Um, and selling my furniture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're 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 living like a broke woman for for a long time. <laughs> well, I was um, broke too. I was I, broke too. So yeah, and I don't know. I I don't want to be broke, but at the same time, uh -huh. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so bad. But, you know, yeah, it makes you extremely disciplined and motivated. And it's just like, you know, all I want in life, seriously, is just how a very nice house and a nice smoker in the backyard. What's your finances? Um, what's the financing status of the company now? What's your status? Uh, status wise, personally, still broke. Uh, right now it's kind of in, in transition stage. So I can't, uh, my biggest issue here is I marketed too soon. 
So I marketed way too soon to where I have people, uh, I had South America, um, a distributor from South America wanting to purchase my product, wanting to purchase, I mean, thousands of dollars worth of product. And I couldn't fill them because I wasn't in a certified kitchen. I didn't have the manufacturing power to be able to do that. So I had to turn them down. And then I also have store. I had GNC contact me. These are all my biggest mistakes here. Okay. I'm going through, I'm learning my mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had uh, GNC contact me wanting to purchase. I had different grocery stores all over the country constantly. I mean, they're still to this day, they're constantly asking me to purchase bulk items. And I'm in this point where it's like, well, shoot, I can't go over $50,000 in sales or I'm breaking the law. I don't want to break the law, not business law anyway. I'll break other laws, but not this one. Um, I had to turn it all down. And that was probably like the biggest mistake I've ever made was just not having a facility ready not having manufacturing power to pump out this product ready time. So I marketed too early. And uh, that's what I'm, I'm currently building a facility now. And then probably in, in a month to a month and a half, hopefully start going to retail. And I can contact all of these distributors back and say, Hey, I'm ready now. Do you still want me? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> So that's yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Is is I just I didn't know that my product was gonna be such a success. I was just kind of shooting the shit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You're just taking risks. You're just continuing. You had that interest in the product. Uh huh. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't understand. I didn't understand the demand. Right. My product at that time and now i'm i'm i learned i learned the best by making mistakes really uh is is not being in a a large larger facility to be able to pump out the product um money was a big one because i i didn't look for investors i didn't even take a loan like I said, all I did was just sell my furniture and Uber drive and Airbnb out my my house that I'm living in, uh, and that's how I just been funding the company to start off. I know loans, ooh, they scare me. So <laughs> I'm kind of in this uh, moment now where I'm like, all right, I gotta take an SBA loan because I gotta I have to get into a certified kitchen facility ASAP. I can't I can't move any further really because I'm right on that peak. Mm, yeah, yeah. Following the law. What valuable lessons have you gained as an entrepreneur throughout the entire process? You gotta stay consistent. Consistency is key. That's probably the the biggest lesson that I've learned is you have to stay consistent. I think I have ADHD or something because it's so hard. Or I'm just name. Oh, I'm I'm fighting my little monkey brain or something. I don't know. Um, but you know, staying consistent, keeping at it, even even when when times get rough and days are not working for you, you just have to keep on trucking. Working out helps a lot with that stress and all of that. Yep. Um, that's why I, I set a setting a schedule is probably one of the most important things I would I would say, because I would I set the schedule up to where I wake up at 5am in the morning. And then I hit the gym right away. So by 515, I'm in the gym. And then by seven o'clock, I'm home, I'm showered. And by 730, I'm ready to go to work. Time management. crucial. Time management. I only eat once a day. So I don't do anything from 7.30 until around 2.30 to 3.30. And then I eat my first meal of the day to wind down. No breakfast? Nope. No breakfast, no lunch. <sighs> Literally just water. Water and maybe some coffee. 
also go, I go days too where I'll do no caffeine. So I'll go like yeah. a whole week without caffeine and then I'll yeah. reintroduce it. Just eating once a day and the same thing over and over again because I don't want to think about my food. I want my, my mind and all of my energy to be focused on the company and nothing else. What advice would you give someone if they were in your position right now? Advice? Hmm, if they were an entrepreneur or they were... If they were thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, they're developing the same product as you or a different... The uh, famous words of Jordan Peterson, I would say, clean your room. Make sure your room is clean because if your room is clean, your brain is one messy brain. <laughs> you gotta be organized. You gotta be clean. Yeah. Clean your room. Take care of yourself first. Yeah. If you don't take care of yourself, you're not gonna be able to run a company. Say, take care of yourself. One priority. Get yourself healthy. Healthy and organized. In 2017 and 18, that was my 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 primary job was just to get myself organized. Now, since I'm to that point, now mm -hmm. it's discipline time. Well, I have to say, you have been such a big inspiration. I think your story captivated me, and that is why I wanted to interview you. As actually, you're the first person I've actually thought. Well, I actually thought, I said, you know, I really want to, as I see, she's baking pie crust, she's making flatbread. I've never heard of someone making flatbread and pie crust, and it's all keto. I've never heard of that before. It has to exist, and it has to go out, and someone has to be influenced by you. And I just want to say thank you so much for doing this episode with me oh um, you're welcome it really is a big motivation for anybody out there struggling with the celiac disease celiacs to lupus to gluten sensitivity to just weight issue in general i mean just cutting mm -hmm. out refined mm -hmm. carbohydrates will make mm -hmm. a huge difference mm -hmm. in your life and you know people find it hard to say oh they can't do without the the bread they can't do without the bread yeah i was a huge pizza eater i was a huge mm -hmm. like, oh my god i loved pasta too uh, <laughs> I just, and i was i was an athlete too my entire yeah. life so all of my coaches always told me you know you'll load up on those carbs the day before mm -hmm. a race and not knowing that the carbs are actually slowly killing me but yeah, no, and I think with my product, with with my low carb and gluten free um, pizza crust and flatbread, what I think is great about Raise the Valley is it's for the average American just making that simple change, just replacing their morning toast with Raise the Valley toast. Mm -hmm. That one thing. Because mm -hmm. it goes for long, because I'm always, I always think of long-term health. So what's going to be something, because not everyone is going to be as disciplined. Mm -hmm. as, as, like, I'm a, I'm a freak. I have to mm -hmm. say that. Mm -hmm. I'm a disciplined freak. And I understand mm -hmm. that most people are not going to be like that. Like, my family, they're not, they do not understand me at all. I'm a freak of the family, that's for sure. But just these simple changes in your life can make a dramatic change in your overall health and well-being. You know, taking out that morning toast and replacing it with Raise the Valley toast. Taking out Friday night pizza and just change, I mean, still having your pizza, but just changing the crust. And then just these small little changes. And then over time five 15 years or not even that over time it's it's not a huge lifestyle change for the average american or uh, just the average individual and then they start eating a healthier and they start lifestyle without being a dramatic change or a dramatic shock to their system 
So I think that's what kind of raise the valley is all about. It's just a, a slow, gradual change into a healthier lifestyle. And how would you advise someone if they're struggling to make that small little change in their diet based on what they're going through? My advice for somebody? I usually advise myself and I'm very strict with myself. Yeah. <laughs> um the way I talk to myself is probably not the way I would talk to anybody else. <laughs> but really just advice to someone who is struggling, take it one day at a time and, you know, make small changes one day yeah. at a time and just keep on making those small changes. You Would, it you, would you also tell them not to rush it? It depends on their personality. So yeah. me, I can instantly change my my eating habits mm -hmm. like the day of. I mean, mm -hmm. the moment I found out about the ketogenic diet, I changed immediately. And I didn't go back ever since. And that's been like five, six years now. Most people can't do that. But I mean, I, I did that just because I hit rock bottom. Like, I was in horrible shape. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, mentally, physically, just everything. My body was broken down. Uh, so I was able to change right away. And I didn't get keto flu like most people do, too. Uh, most people who go on keto, uh, they start getting, they start feeling ill and sick. And they get that keto flu and detoxing. And I didn't get that. And I think that might have been just because I've, uh, I've been changing my diet so ever since middle school. I've always went on different diets just because I was trying to, to fix my illness. So I went vegan, then I went raw vegan, then I went paleo, then I went, uh, what was that? Low carb. Yeah, I think I just went keto after that. And then after keto, I went carnivore. Uh, that's what I am now currently because keto was awesome and it helped a lot, but yeah. my disease and how severely damaged my gut was, I needed to go a little bit more intense yeah. and that's when I went carnivore. So then I cut out everything but meat and now I just drink just water and uh, eat meat. And that's about it. One ribeye a day and water. <laughs> Basic uh, advice for people, just one day at a time, I suppose. Make small, gradual changes. Replace your bread. Elizabeth Frank, thank you so much for allowing me to interview you on the Inside the Nutrition Podcast. It was really inspiring for me to have you, and I'm sure a lot of other listeners out there have been inspired by your story, and I hope you continue to push yourself. Ignore the jokers. If they see you moving this, selling this, selling that, just to make your business happen, it is going to make things better for you. So thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for taking yeah. Thank you for taking the time because you you could have had other things to do and you wouldn't sit down and spend the time to talk with me at all. Trust me. Thank you so much. Oh. I'm, I'm kind of a hermit. I just kind of uh, stay to myself. I got two cats that I hang out with. Uh, <laughs> two, cats. <laughs> two cats. I have no cat at all, and I hate cats. So anytime I see one in the yard, I just run them out because they always they always come and they smell the fish, and I just want to come in the kitchen and. Oh, them. they're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a big, I'm a big animal lover to be honest i think my dream dream is just to have like a little cabin away from everyone in the middle of nowhere with just a bunch of animals horses dogs and cats and and me and i don't know eventually eventually maybe a man but for now it's just gonna be me Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. I really want to thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, well, thanks for taking and me to the Valley. 
Well, thank you to Raise the Valley. Thank you to Elizabeth Frank for coming on the Inside for Nutrition podcast. I hope the listeners are inspired by listening to your story. And I hope you continue to push. I, ho I hope you continue to just go beyond your limits. Just go for it and, and you know, continue on this venture. You have put yourself, you have put yourself on a, on a on a level that you underestimated your lecturers you did what other college students didn't do you just really went out there and you you're just making it happen and i'm so inspired by that so thank you so much you definitely you so much. thank you yes you, you have to feel good this story is going to be out there so before we end today's episode you can find Raise the Valley on Instagram at Raise the Valley. That's R-A-Y-S-T-H-E-V-A-L-L-E-Y. That's one word. And the founder herself on Instagram at Keto Khaleesi. That's K-E-T-O-K-E-T-O-K-H-A-L-E-E-S-I. And the links have been provided in the show notes. So that's the end of today's episode. But wait. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Insafo Nutrition Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to not forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcast. This will help listeners like you to find and share the show with your friends and family. Allow the show to become more searchable and help with Apple Podcast rankings. I appreciate you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye for now.